Cancer Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! Good, good evening, everybody. This is The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. What's up, everyone? We are continuing our Spotlight on Psalm series with Psalm 51 tonight, Heartbreaker. Psalm. And, <laughs> and uh, we are just off and running. This is our 10th episode with no sign of slowing down. And uh, we could get to like 100 episodes of just the Psalm series. Wouldn't that be crazy? This is The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. As Jeff said at the top of the show... Continuing on in our Psalm series, Psalm 51 tonight. We just, last week, just kind of talked about Psalm 32 and talking about sin, its effect, and confession, and the good things that come from confessing our sin tonight. Um, Continuing on, similar topic, but from a different perspective, looking at our heart condition and um, the broke, and talking about brokenness. So we've called this topic Heartbreaker, Um, (laughs) which we hope that the Spirit is the one that breaks our hearts. (laughs) Um, not in a bad way, not like, oh, I just broke up with my girlfriend, my heart's broken, <laughs> but, um, you know, that our heart is in a place, in a condition where it's broken before the Lord so he can work in our hearts and do things in us that he wants to. And, um, that's what this topic, that's what this Psalm is about. Psalm 51. I challenge you just grab your Bibles, go get it. If you can follow along, this is a great, it's a great chapter. And, you know, of course, you know the word and what God may speak to your heart through His word. Um, We—it's only our slant and our shtick on it tonight. But um, you know the Spirit can speak to your heart too, and so it's always good to to open your Bible when you can and and read something. And uh, who knows if this is a familiar topic for me, familiar chapter for me, as a lot of the Psalms are. Um, you know, a lot of the verses you're like, oh, that's a song we sing in church. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when you really read it and you digest it and you let. Um, you let the Holy Spirit talk to you about it. It's amazing what God can show you in a, in a psalm. So anyway, that's my challenge to kick it off. <laughs> yeah, as Brent said last week, we, we talked about how to handle sin in our life. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we can get into the the mode where we're like, okay, I need to like remedy this. I need to find the solution to my sin problem. So we we do steps and we take you know the 12-step program to get out of sin and all this stuff. And and really what God wants is for our hearts to be broken over sin in our life, to be like, God, I'm so sensitive to this issue because you have broken me. You've come into my life, and whether through discipline or through chastisement, whatever it may be, you've broken my heart and it's so that you can make it whole again and so that you can be sensitive because we get to a point where our heart becomes hard by sin. Just like we talked about last week, how we get like the drought of summer. There's no flesh there. It's just all hardened muck all right that was monarch with closer arrows and that's a cool song um, written kind of from the perspective of david and the wars that he fought and the the sin and the double life that he led for a little while there it's just a very interesting portrayal um and monarch always is very epic and they have some really good deep lyrics and hopefully you enjoyed that music we got lots more music for you tonight we have kids in the way all-star united gunger the normals and uh, much much more no double plays tonight however we got individual artists playing individual songs 26 of them wow so <clears throat> buckle it's up it's been a while since we had no double play show individual artists for you to enjoy some new some old some for you to check out and uh, hopefully you like the music that we're playing here tonight with lots of great songs about brokenness tonight and um it's just awesome we're excited jumping right into the topic tonight broken heart a broken heart 
Um, we're going to skip ahead to uh, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in my iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. And behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. And create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And don't cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. From me. And, you know, we start off by being born in sin. You know, born as a baby who can't take care of himself, conceived... <laughs> conceived um as a sinful being you know and created god creates us exactly how he wants us but we have that fallen nature and we're, we're, we're all born the same way you know and um we have nothing to write home about when we're born we're just a baby who can't take care of himself and uh you know so he starts off by giving us a true picture of really really where we came from <laughs> you know we you know, as a having broken heart, we so we live and we think we get we start thinking we're all that, and um, you know, it takes us back to the very beginning. It says, "Look, you're born with a spirit. Um, you're born with sin, and um, you know, you're born by your mother gave birth to you. And look at this you've got you've got this sinful thing inside your inward parts, inside your heart. Um, so you already come out day one needing a savior. So what what?" what are you so prideful about? <laughs> what do you think you're all that about? Um, and he, he just kind of starts it all off with that. And then he moves into, you know, wash me. I'm in need of your cleansing. I'm in need of you to wash me clean. Um, and make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. You know, break me, break my heart. His attitude is, look, you know, break down the thing that I, that pride and that sin that I have inside because I do need you. I need you to cleanse my heart. I need you to make it right. Um, you know, it's a David crying out for his need of the Lord. Yeah, I think it's great that he gets to a point where he's welcoming yeah. the chastisement of the Lord. And God loves the son that he chastens, or he chastens the son that he loves. One or the other. Both. Either way, it's the same. <laughs> but um, God would, if God didn't care about us and love us, then he would just let us go. He would let us have that prideful heart, but he wants the best for us. Sometimes that means a little bit of pain as well. Next up, we have some a sort of guilty pleasure for me. It's uh, the no longer. But um, we have an interlude that is um, some spoken word about the idea of brokenness, coming to the Lord, confessing, repenting. And um, I really think you'll enjoy it. Some really cool truth in there. Um, just this idea that David... He gets to a point, and you know, this is after he sinned with Bathsheba. I think it actually clarifies yep. that. Yeah, in the beginning of this chapter, it says, A psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So Nathan comes to him and says, tells him the story. You know, there's this guy, he stole this lamb and killed it and fed it to this other guy. And this lamb was loved by this family. And he goes, get him. And Nathan's like, you're that guy. You stole something that wasn't yours and you killed for it. And, uh... David is just laid bare and he yeah, feels the broken. chastisement of God, the punishment of God. And um, that's what these next songs are about. So enjoy. What do you think is the most distinguishing factor about a Christian? What is it that makes the difference between him and an unbeliever? God looks for the man or for the woman who is broken because 
that he has something that he can work with. He has a life that he can transform. What is it that is absolutely at the root of the Christian experience of every one of us, if we're genuine, here tonight? The question is, are we willing to be broken? We begin in brokenness. When we come to God, we're broken. We ask for forgiveness, we're broken. The theological word is the word repentance. And we'll never be conformed in the image and likeness of Christ unless we're broken because he was a broken man. A Christian is a repentant man. A broken man. And... Um, I just love how David is talking about how these bones that, is, that have been broken, they're going to rejoice because of the, the outcome from that type of discipline or, you know, God allowing David to go through this difficult time. And there's an old uh, story that people like to tell in sermons, and whether it's true or not, that, that remains to be seen, but it's good sermon material, but uh, the next song is based on it. And um, basically what it says is that when, when lambs were young and learning to walk they were very defense they were defenseless essentially and uh, the shepherd would actually break the sheep's legs to keep it close to carry it so that it wouldn't wander off and get eaten or fall down a cliff or whatever it is but it was to ultimately protect the sheep so that it wouldn't be in danger even though it went through this terrible thing of having its legs broken and stuff and that's something that people use as a, a picture of how god treats us in in the way it's not that he's trying to hurt us you know we're not going through these difficult times because god's mean and because god's like yeah that you deserve this because of all the sin you've done it has nothing to do with that it it's to bring us to him it's to break this the grasp that sin has put on us and to break the chains that sin has put on us and you know how, how else is that going to happen unless there's some force involved and some pain you know and that's i think that's what he's getting at with this chapter here yeah we always have those situations where you know, those things happen and we feel bad and it just kind of gets us to our end where it's like, okay, God, you almost like say mercy, God, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, it's only you that can help me in this situation or it's only, it's really you that I need to be searching, not these other things. And, um, you know, broken hearts (laughs) are not fun a lot of times. Um, but God prefers a broken heart. He prefers a heart that's contrite, that's, that's broken before him because, it's a heart that's seeking him. It's a heart that's hungering and thirsting after him. Um, it's a heart that desires more of him and is hearing him, you know, and as he can speak truth and as he can guide and lead, it's one that's following, you know, like thinking about the sheep, you know, if he needed relied on the shepherd completely to get from here and there when he had a broken leg, you know, and so that's how we need to be as sheep with our shepherd. That was broken by our heart's hero. And the hero comes to save the day. That's what Jesus is. He's our heart's hero. And he wouldn't deliberately inflict pain on us just for kicks or just as punishment. That's not what he does. He uses the pain to bring us to him. And and I had said it before, it's from Hebrews, that whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Just like with your own child. If you didn't care one lick about your son, you wouldn't punish him. You'd be like, yeah, go off and do whatever you want. And then you'll end up getting hit by a car or, you know, getting going to jail or whatever you you don't discipline your kids that's not love if you don't tell your kids when they're doing something wrong you're not showing love to them because they're getting away with something that's dangerous to their their well-being and their uh their life and that that is how god deals with us he's better than that obviously we have our terrible ways and we're like i just want to like 
throw my kid in his in his crib and just lock him in there forever. You know, that's not how God is. Like ours is sometimes out of anger and that's not right, but God knows exactly what we need and what is going to bring us and draw us out of our hardened state back to him. He knows exactly where to push. He's the doctor that knows where to push to find the, the brokenness. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. It's time for our unbelievable segment. And um, around this time of year, there's something we always hear about. And I'm never, I'm never sure why it is the way it is. So we're going to delve into it tonight. And it's hurricane names. Where do they come from? Why do they have names? Some laughable ones that they do have. Yeah. That I recall. Some funny ones. <laughs> it's always like Tropical Depression Hortense. <laughs> I love the Tropical Depression. It's like, why is it even called that? I can understand Tropical Storm. That makes sense, right? It's a storm. It's tropical. Even hurricane. You know what that means. But if it's a Tropical Depression, it's just like, it's like what people deal with in Hawaii, isn't it? Like they, isn't Hawaii have like the highest depression <laughs> yeah, rate in the country? Like you All get to sunshine. the tropics, you think it's going to make your life better, and as tropical depression sets in, you know what I mean? That's what you think it would be. Not that it would be the, a wimpy tropical storm. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So you learn something on the ultra life every now and then. And uh, hurricane names started way back when some Australian meteorologist was mad. Some politicians started naming storms after them. Um, and <laughs> True then it, story. And then it transgressed. It, you know, then it kept going into not transgressed, but <laughs> progressed into. Um, hey, that's cool. Let's do that. And they started naming it like Alpha, Beta, whatever. Yeah. And then um, they started using all all women's names. But then the women's lib movement hit, so they started adding guys' names in. And so, and they keep reusing the same names every six or seven years until um, <laughs> one's really big that they want to retire. Yeah, they actually get they retire hurricane names like yeah, like, like jerseys. The, the obvious one, like Katrina. They're yeah. not going to name another storm Katrina because everyone knows what hurricane, hurricane Katrina, Katrina was. was. Yeah, it's a very popular yeah. storm, unfortunately. But so that's it's off also, the list now. It's also unfortunate that people actually have these names, and now they have bad connotations. Some storm comes and starts wrecking stuff, and now every Katrina in the world is like. Yeah, my name's yeah. Katrina. And everybody goes, <gasps> immediately they think of like the most horrible thing that happened. Or like Hurricane, uh, what was the one? that Hugo. I think there was one that was yeah. really big back in the East Coast called the Hugo yeah. or something Hugo, like that. Hugo, Hortense. Hortense. Hilda. So uh, there's a lot of H ones there. If you're wondering if your name's retired, if you're wondering if your name's retired, go check it out on the internet because it's a wonderful thing, the internet. Yeah. I don't but, think they've uh, ever used my name, G, Jeff, with a G. Brent. No. Nope. Has that been, nope. ever been used? Never. Nope. nope. We're, we're scot-free. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they don't add us to the list when they retire like Bill. We feel sorry Gustav. for all you Cleos out there because your name's retired. We'll never hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> and God is so concerned with the state of our heart. Not just like, yeah, I want to be in your heart. Like he wants to know that our heart is thriving, you know, and not just like the physical pump valve that plumps the blood into our bodies, but our, our, our spiritual heart. If we're hardened by things and we're, then he needs to do something about it because the way it got to that point is because we didn't do anything about it. Yep. So God has to intervene and it's for our well being. That's what we're talking about tonight. He's a heartbreaker, but in the good sense of the word. He's not like set you up and then ditch you on your blind Knock date. You, you know, <laughs> he's not like, uh, hey, yeah, I love you, but I'm not really in that commitment type place. <laughs> you know, God's <laughs> not like that type of heartbreaker or the player that's going to go from person to person and stuff like that. He is like, Hey, your heart isn't beating right now. You're dying. I need to shock it back in back to system or whatever. <laughs> get get it back going. I don't Clear. know if that makes any sense. <laughs> it's true though. Like, he got yeah. he got he has to get in there. 
And he says, I'm going to take your, your heart of stone and out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh because I need to be able to move and use it. And, uh, you know, moving on in Psalm 51, we go toward the end of the chapter. He says, O Lord, open my lips, and, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not de- delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And, uh, you know, like we've been saying tonight, you know, we a lot of times, instead of having a broken heart, want to just do stuff. We just want to throw things at God and say, look what I've done. But, you know, look at all the things that I have got going for me, God. You know, look at all the things that I sacrificed to you that I gave up for you. Look at, you know, look at all the stars in my refrigerator. (laughs) And God's like, that doesn't matter to me. You know, none of that stuff matters at all, actually. It's, it's, it's your heart. It's having a broken spirit. It's having a teachable spirit. Um, it's having a heart that just knows its place with me. Um, those hearts, that's what God does not despise. Yeah, Jesus came to the earth to do what the law could never do. And what was instituted in the law was you need to sacrifice to get atonement for the sins that you committed. But it was never enough. That's why Jesus came. You know, It says... The blood of bulls and goats cannot atone for sin. It just couldn't. It was a picture of what was going to happen ultimately. And the flaw with the law, <laughs> no no rhyme that intended, rhyme. <laughs> uh, was that you, know, you sinned and then you had to make amends for it. Whereas under grace and under God's, God's law, with the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us, it's having a broken heart so that sin isn't even pleasing anymore. It's not, whoops, I did this. Sorry. It's God, keep me from this. It's not asking. It's, it's, it's not asking for forgiveness. It's asking for permission. (laughs) It's, it's the whole thing of God, should I be doing this? I'm sensitive to the spirit. I feel like this is wrong. I shouldn't be involved in this. That is the big difference of what we have versus what people had in the old Testament. What even David had, was you know he's like I know this I can do the sacrifices I can do all that mess, but it's not what you want. What you want is a broken and a contrite heart. You want me to be broken over this sin, not just okay. This black and white piece of paper says that I if I do this I have to do this to fix it. It has nothing to do with that. It has to go go along with what's inside of us, our hearts. Yeah, and there's so often when we have a we don't have a broken heart, our our hearts blinded by our sin, and we can't even see what God wants for us. Um, so have a broken heart. And um, a couple of chapters later, in Psalm 53, God says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, you're foolish if in your heart you're basically saying, You know what? I don't see God. There, there, I don't need God. I, have, I got it all together. There's, you know, I've, I've got it made. <laughs> There's nothing that I, you know, God's like, no. You know, look where you came from. Like we said earlier, you came from your, your mom. You were born in sin. You needed the Lord to save you and to forgive you of all your sin. You were continually in need of Christ. And to have a heart set mindset that says, man, God, whatever you want for me, whatever um, you want to do in my heart, I realize that there's something that I don't have that I need. And that's you. And um, Lord, my heart's broken towards you. That's, that's the heart that God can be pleasing and can do things with. God's heart breaks over our sin he wants our our hearts to break over sin as well um so then we will be we'll be close (laughs) we'll be tight as they say 
because our heart will desire the things that God wants for us. And, um, you know, back, we talked about it previously about how the, um, you know, God will give us the desires of our heart, but it's when we taste and see how good he is and what he wants for us. That's when we line up with what he wants and we get what he he wants, basically. Um, He continues on after saying that God doesn't want sacrifice. And he says, do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. It's not like the sacrifice, I just killed a bunch of animals. He says, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then they shall offer bulls on the altar. It's saying basically, when my heart is broken and I have a contrite spirit, that's when the sacrifices of my righteous behavior mean something. Because my heart is broken, then offering up the sacrifices is sweet to you. You can accept it. If we are completely in sin and a prideful heart, you can kill all the animals you want. God's not pleased. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you think even back to Cain and Abel, it had nothing, people were like, oh, well, God doesn't like fruit and vegetables. That's why he didn't like Cain's sacrifice. There's all these ideas behind why God accepted Abel's and why he didn't accept Cain's. And basically what it comes down to is Abel's heart was right before God. And Cain's was not. Obviously. Right. Why else would Cain kill Abel? Obviously his heart wasn't in the right spot if he right. could just justify killing his brother. Um, you know, there's probably a lot more to it than that but that's pretty cut and dry explanation but it's where is your heart when you're doing these things it all comes down to the heart which is why god wants to break through our hearts and break through the mess and um that's that's it right there (laughs) i just had my little bam my soapbox (laughs) preacher there no that that's it and you know, tonight, as we look at our own hearts and we say, you know, God, what is the state of my heart? Am I broken before you? Am I just doing a bunch of stuff religiously just to check the box and make you happy? Or are the things that I'm doing for you, the sacrifices and the things I do in righteousness done out of a heart that is broken for you? We uh, are wrapping things up for the night. we got a few more songs for you. Stellar Cart, Crystal Myers, This Beautiful Republic to close out the night. And we want to remind you to check out our website, www.thealterlife.com. There you can catch up on our most recent Psalms series, the spotlight on Psalms per series. And, um, <laughs> you know, last week's episode especially, it just really ties well in with what we're talking about tonight. It's funny because we were planning this show, or the next two shows, and Brent and I were kind of like, okay, which Psalms do you want to talk about? And totally separately, he email, he texted me and said, you got any shows percolating? Paraphrase. Yeah. And, uh, That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. And I replied back, I was like, well, Psalm 51 is good, but maybe we could like break it into two. And he texts me back and goes, what? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Psalm 32, Psalm 51. And I said, yeah, confession of brokenness. He's like, yeah, I was reading the exact same thing. And that's a little behind the scenes there. Anyway, a little free information for you. You know, from last week to this week and just talking about confession and our sin and confession and brokenness and having that broken heart, you know, I really just feel like God's put it on our hearts just to take an inventory. And, um, you know, I love that last segment because that's the real point. You know, we try and we do so many things in and of our own strength to make God happy, you know, to please God. And we, you know, we put our hand to doing good stuff. And there's nothing that we can do that's good in and of itself. They're all filthy rags to God. There's nothing that we can do to make him happy. The thing that he wants and he looks for is a heart. That's got its knee, its proverbial, its knee bowed to him and saying, God, you know, what do you want from me? I don't have nothing to hide from you. I bring it all out in the open. I ask you to cleanse me and to clean me 
and to do what you want in me. You know, that's the heart that he's after. Um, that's the heart that David had. You know, he sinned. He screwed up majorly. And he got to a point where he said, God, my sin is abounding, and I don't want to hide anything from you. It's all out on the open. Here's what I did. <laughs> Cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. You know, give me the right spirit that I need to have within me again. Um, give me that broken spirit because that's what I want from you. And, um, you know, that's the challenge that I'm having as I'm sitting here reading through this. It's like, where's my heart as I'm doing these things? Where's my heart as I'm living day to day and I'm dealing with the sin in my own life? Where's What's my heart condition? And what's our heart condition tonight? Yeah, I mean, I just want to close with some verses from another psalm, Psalm 34, uh, just talking about you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I can't be vulnerable. I can't have a broken heart. That's just mean. That's just too hard to be in that, you know, if you have an open wound, it's really sensitive. Or, you know, if you have skin to your knee or whatever and the new skin is coming in, it's real tender. Uh, people don't like to be in that position, especially when we're talking about their heart. They like that facade and that wall around it so they, no one can, no one can get through to me. No one, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. You know, we've had, been hurt in the past and we get that attitude. But this is what he says, and it's awesome. It's about bringing ourselves into the light. Here's a good motivation to do that, to close. It says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. And he goes on, he says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. God is with you when your heart is broken and tender and ready to heed what he has to say. Until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. (laughs) 